everybody's looking for the key to success to help them grow, to become more successful. You're not going to find it in a sales book. You're not going to find it in a marketing book, a book on competitive advantage, a book on strategy, a book on innovation. No, it's going to be an understanding how to build mental toughness, resiliency. That's what you need. That it's a set up, not a setback. Because I refuse to allow a negative circumstance to dictate my life. You think it's actually going to work out that way. (laughs) Here's the thing that you don't understand. Is that it's never going to beat me down. It's never going to defeat me. I'm never going to allow this to beat me. Because life doesn't happen to me. It happens for me. There are demons all around us. Demons in the form of fear. Anxiety, guilt, depression, sadness, bullying, learned helplessness, negativity. And if we allow these demons to control us, we will only continue to lose the battle on mental health. It's time for us to cut the crap from our lives and go on offense against these demons by building mental toughness and resiliency. That's why you're here. My name is Ryan Caligiuri, and welcome to the Cut the Crap Show. going on everybody cut the crap show ryan caligiuri thank you so much for joining me this morning or this afternoon this evening whenever you're listening to this it means a lot to me that you give me your attention that you tune in every single week and you make me a part of your routine and if you're listening then you're probably trying to do a couple things number one you're trying to find some information that can spark a change in your life you're trying to save time by getting a condensed version of the books or you're here to try to help yourself build resilience mental toughness whatever you're here to do i'm here to help you achieve that and one way I'm doing that, of course, create your aid. I know so many of you have gone onto YouTube. You've subscribed. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to finally launch this thing. It's taken me a while, and honestly, it's 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 tough to want to take a big stance, a bold stance in this world, because you don't want to be criticized for it. And the whole create your eight philosophy, the whole method, is meant to help people, but a lot at the same time, it's also designed to challenge some beliefs that we have. Beliefs that we have that we think are healthy. Beliefs that we have that maybe we don't want to face. And so a big piece to create your aid is to make those things known every single day. So every single day, if you like my voice, then maybe you like my face. <laughs> Sounds so weird. If you like my voice, maybe you like my face. That's awkward. Anyways, you can tune in on YouTube every single day. I'm going to start launching that one. Uh, today you're listening on Monday. I'm going to launch this one Monday evening. Um, of course, that's in North America. You might be sleeping if you're in Europe for all my uh, my Aussie fans, people in Europe, people in Asia, so uh, people in Africa, of course. But uh, in any case, just tune in on YouTube, subscribe, and you'll get that every single day. Otherwise, you can also uh, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and you'll see the exact same posts there. So earlier, I was talking about doing some of the tough stuff, and that's what this book today is all about. The Road Less Traveled, A New Psychology of Love, Traditional Values, and Spiritual Growth by M. Scott Peck. Now, Scott Peck died in 1995, but uh, his book, his lessons, his philosophies still live on, and I'm going to bring that to you today. Now, this book essentially is all about practicing discipline, the importance of discipline, and developing a better understanding of love, religion, and grace. Now, you wonder why The Road Less Traveled is the title. Well, it's the title because developing discipline, exploring love, religion, and grace, these pathways are less traveled because they're more challenging. They're more difficult. But in this case, the path to enlightenment, as Peck says, is far more rewarding. 
So all yes, being disciplined is tough. Focusing on love, spirituality, religion, grace, all these things are tough. He argues that for you to live your best life, you have to start exploring these, these roads, these roads less traveled. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about these roads less traveled. And I hope that at the very end of this, maybe it will challenge some beliefs that you have. Maybe it'll spur you on to maybe want to be a little bit more disciplined or explore a certain area of your life that maybe you haven't been and see where that takes you. All right, let's kick into this one. Again, this is The Road Less Traveled by Scott Peck. Golden nugget number one, the power of self-discipline. So sometimes if you see me in pictures and maybe you haven't, maybe you have, doesn't matter. You might've asked a question about it. If you make the A-OK sign, right? You put your pointer finger and your thumb finger together, your thumb finger, your thumb finger. You put your thumb together and all of a sudden you have three fingers standing up. If you take that, your right hand now, you flex a little bit, you kind of make a D out of your pointer finger and your thumb and you have three fingers left open. So if you're wondering why I do that, I'll post an Instagram post just so you can kind of see what that looks like. But it's 3D, 3D. And people might ask what that is. I sign my email sometimes with 3D. Discipline determines destiny. And I truly believe that. If you are disciplined, if you're disciplined enough, you will be able to increase the level of success that you have. You will be able to have a healthier body. You will make more money. You will have better relationships. Discipline is at the key. It's the foundation to all success. Discipline determines destiny. And Peck realized that. And he likes to talk about life as something that's really hard. In fact, he says that life stinks. I don't like that. I don't like that he says life stinks because I disagree with that perspective. I don't like to hold that perspective in my mind because if I believe that life stinks, all I'm going to start thinking about is, oh, life is really crappy. Life stinks. No. Instead, I say life is beautiful, but it can be hard, very hard. And so Peck says that we need to ensure that we are keeping that top of mind. We need to make sure that we know that life is hard so that we prepare ourselves mentally with the right coping strategies, with the right tools with the right approaches is that we can deal with life when life hits us hard. Whether it's dealing with the death of a family member, the loss of a relationship, the loss of a job, a money problem, a health problem, whatever it is, you need to be prepared to deal with some of the challenges that are going to come your way. And along with a healthy perspective that understands that life isn't always going to be rosy and that sometimes it's going to be hard. That's the first one, knowing that life is both a balance, yin and yang. It's going to be easy, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be beautiful, but it's going to be difficult. That perspective is important. But the second one is the importance of self-discipline. And one of the first elements of self-discipline he likes to talk about is the whole idea of delayed gratification. You know, what that means essentially is leaving the easy stuff to last and doing the hard stuff first. We talked about this on a previous episode. Eat that frog. Do the hard stuff first. Do the difficult work first. But too often we procrastinate. And we procrastinate because it's easy. It's much easier to go and party with your friends instead of study. It's so much easier to stay home and watch Hulu or Netflix instead of going to the gym. It's so much easier to eat that dessert than it is to have dinner first. But what happens if we do that? If we have dessert, if we go out with our friends first, if we watch Hulu and Netflix before doing the important stuff, what happens? We live an undisciplined life. And that's when people start to say, oh man, life's tough, life sucks. No, it's because you weren't disciplined. So while delayed gratification is difficult, it's tough to start practicing this all of a sudden, especially if you are used to procrastination. And I'm telling you right now, don't feel bad if you are, because by default, I feel like we might procrastinate unless we were younger and had great seeds planted in our head that told us that we should value hard work. We should value discipline. For the most part, we live in a world of comfort 
And because of that, we tend to procrastinate. We like to take the easy road out. So what Peck is saying is start by practicing delayed gratification. Look at your to-do list today and move the hard stuff forward. This is the Brian Tracy Eat That Frog principle. Do the hard stuff first and leave the easy stuff till later. It's going to be tough for you to start doing this because it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be painful. It's going to take you some time. You might find that you just, every part of your body, every part of your being is telling you, don't do this, this sucks. Break that habit. Short circuit that part of your brain and learn to delay gratification. The cool thing that happens when you do short circuit your brain and by short circuit your brain, I mean you change what you value. You value discipline. You value doing the hard work first. That becomes habit. And when that becomes habit, all of a sudden you're going to start to see different results in your life. You're going to make more money. More opportunities are going to become available to you. You're going to notice changes in your body. Your relationships are going to improve. Life will get better when you get more disciplined. When you create a habit of becoming more disciplined, life will change for you. It just will. When you start focusing on the hard stuff, the stuff that's going to move you forward, life will improve. It always does. And I dare you to challenge me. Come at me. Tell me that it won't. Because I'll give you 100 examples of where it did work. Another tool to increase self-discipline that Peck shares with us is called the dedication to truth. What he means by that is that you have to honestly and openly face the reality of your life. And that is hard. That is hard. Facing the reality of your finances, of your relationships, of your career, of your health. It's very difficult. Because sometimes we like to ignore reality. We like to go on autopilot and be distracted. Right? Oh, we're having a bad day. I'm going to go out and drink with friends and forget about all my problems. And sometimes we do that far too often. We do that every day. We like to ignore the reality. And I know there's so many people who are listening to this right now. People that I know in my life who are in massive amounts of debt, but would much rather go out to the club and forget about it every single weekend. They might not have the money to pay for drinks, but they're hoping that other people will pay for them. There's people out there who have bad health, but they'd much rather justify it by saying, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm not doing that bad. I'm healthy. I'm happy. I'm happy. You know, as long as I'm happy, that's the most important thing, right? No, it's not. You're unhealthy. You have high blood pressure. You have high cholesterol. You're overweight. You have to be smarter than that. Jim Rohn, classic Jim Rohn. If you don't know who Jim Rohn is, Jim Rohn was the Tony Robbins before Tony Robbins came along. In fact, Jim Rohn was Tony Robbins' mentor. And Jim Rohn says, you have to be smarter than that. You have to start with an apple a day, not a Hershey bar a day. You start with a Hershey bar a day, what happens after a few years? Disaster colossal, he says. You have to be smarter than that. Because some people will have that Hershey bar for 300 days in a row and they say, I'm fine. I'm healthy. I don't feel anything wrong. So I'm going to keep doing this. You got to be smarter than that. Face your problems head on. And that is tough. I know it is. Again, this book, the title, The Road Less Traveled. The Road Less Traveled is the one of you taking an inside look into your heart, into your life and saying, what sucks and how do I improve that? And this, my friends, is what Create Your Aid is all about. CY8, the method that I developed is all about facing the reality of your life. Looking at the parts that are holding you back, looking at the parts that are increasing anxiety, increasing fear, increasing sadness, increasing sad, uh, dissatisfaction, increasing learned helplessness, increasing stress. Look at all these areas. 
Because far too often we ignore the things that are causing us stress because we don't want to think about it. But they're there. You can't get rid of them. You got to deal with them head on. So Peck says that we always, always, always need to search for truth. And while it's difficult, that search for truth and doing that hard stuff will make your life better. And I agree with him. Completely agree with him. Tony Robbins says this all the time. He says, you can look outside in your, your, your front yard and look at all the weeds and close your eyes and say, there are no weeds. There are no weeds. There are no weeds. You could say that and believe it to yourself, but you open your eyes. There's still weeds out there. So what do you do? You go out there, you do the hard work, you get on your hands and knees, you pull those damn weeds out. It's the only way to improve your life. And the final tool for improving discipline is balancing. Balancing is all about letting go of the unhealthy habits in your life, the extreme behaviors that maybe are throwing your life out of balance. Right? Like I just said, going to the club, partying too much, eating too much junk food. All these things, you might get a thrill out of it. You might love it, but in the end, it's not going to turn out well. And Peck uses the example of riding a bike at full speed down a hill. When Peck used to do this, he loved the feeling. Right? It gave him a huge rush. He felt fantastic. He just loved the feeling of riding his bike down the hill at top speed. He knew it was dangerous, but he loved doing it until one day he crashed. He crashed into the forest hurt himself, went through a lot of pain. And his lesson from this was really clear. It can be painful to abandon the things that give you a rush in life. Of course it can. You're having fun doing it. You're getting this mental rush. Your brain's going crazy. But when you lose your balance, it can hurt even more. What a great metaphor for life. So right now, if you're going to the club, if you're eating junk food, if you are slacking off at work, and you're getting by on this, you're loving it because it's, it makes you feel good now. How's it going to make you feel in a few months' time, in a year's time? Where's this going to take you? Is it good? Probably not. So these are some great tools to help you increase self-discipline, some great stimulus, great seeds to plant in your mind to think about when it comes to creating a better life, when it comes to taking the road less traveled. If you want to improve your life, start thinking deeper about these three tools of self-discipline. Delayed gratification, dedication to truth, and balancing. Golden nugget number two. Increasing spiritual growth through love. Now, this one's a little bit more of a difficult one to understand. I just hope that also it comes across clear, but it doesn't come across as very, I don't know, (laughs) hippy-dippy. I always worry about that, where sometimes these thoughts, they're so important, and I worry that you might discount it because it does sound a little too fluffy, but it's not. And I'll give you some very concrete examples to help paint a picture. It's very easy for us to allow the negative demons in our minds, anger, fear, frustration, to take control of us when certain things don't work out the way that we want them to. Maybe your boss just continues to dog you at work and you know, you hate them, you're angry, you're frustrated, you know, you're, you're, you're worried. You don't lead with love anymore. Love isn't even present there. Your kid, your kid takes your car, for example, or your kid sneaks some booze out of your liquor cabinet or whatever, and all you want to do now is punish them. You want to teach them a lesson. You want to throw them at their room. Don't, don't throw your kid at your room. Throw them in their room. If you throw your kid at your room, you got a whole bunch of different problems here. When you throw your kid in your room, you just want to yell at them, you want to punish them. You're not leading with love. Right, Your spouse does something that really angers you and maybe they just don't listen to you and they continue to make the same mistake over and over again. All you want to do is just reprimand them. You want to get mad at them. You're not leading with love. 
What happens when you're able to calm yourself down and lead with love? What happens? All of a sudden, the anger goes away. The frustration goes away. The negativity goes away. And all of a sudden, now you can start to have a more positive conversation. You lead with love. And right now, you might not be following me. You might be saying, Ryan, I I was with you at the very beginning, man, but I'm not with you right now. All right. I love what Peck says here. He says that since it requires will and effort, love has what it takes to create discipline in your life. When you have love in your heart, it's like a storage tank full of energy. This supply can be self-nurturing as well since love allows you to grow and increase your capacity for love. So you might not understand because maybe you're not disciplined enough in leading with love. And it's one of those roads less traveled that you're going to have to practice. It's going to be tough for you to do. So here's the real example here. Your kid takes your car. They don't ask to take it. They sneak out at night when you go to bed. They go in your purse. They go to the key rack. They take the car out. They go see their friends, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, whatever. And they don't tell you. But you find out. What do you do? What do you do? I know what you're probably going to do. You're going to reprimand them. You're going to yell. You're going to scream. You're going to punish them. This is where the self-discipline comes in. Leading with love. I'm not saying that you give them the soft way out. I'm not saying that you be nice to them. You have to punish them. You have to tell them they did wrong. But you have to be disciplined enough in controlling your own emotions to not rip into them. Not say something that you might regret later on. So the best thing to do is to say, listen, I'm very disappointed in you right now. Go to your room. I'm taking away your phone, taking away your Netflix, cut off their, their Wi-Fi privileges, whatever. Go to your room. I'm not ready to talk to you. When I am ready, I will talk to you. Discipline. You're controlling your emotions. You're controlling your reaction. Send them to the room. They're not going to be happy, but they know they did wrong. Next step. I want you to try and change your mind around. Because at this point in time, in your mind, you're just thinking about all the things I want to say to them. Oh, you make me so angry. I want to punish you. I want to, what were you thinking? Who do you think you are? Do you know how dangerous that was? And you can go on and on in that negative space. But is that doing you any good? So the second step for you after you kind of take some time out, some self-talk. Play all those scenarios out in your mind. Go to your room, go in the car and just yell, scream, get all that out. Once you get that out, you might feel a little bit better. Next step, what I want you to do is I want you to focus on gratitude. Focus on all the things that make you proud to be their parent. Think about all the good they've done. Think about how they make you smile. Think about the things that make them beautiful individuals. Now, at this point in time, I want you to start leading with love, right? You've taken some time up by controlling your emotions. You've told them that they're punished, that you're disappointed. You were able to get the anger, the frustration out on your own by yourself. Next, you were able to kind of change your mind around. You're able to lead with some gratitude. You think about all the things that make you love them. Now you're ready to lead with love. At this point, now you have to talk to them. But before you talk to them, write out what you want to say on a piece of paper, on your phone, whatever. Do your best to write that out. And then go and talk to them. Bring a new perspective to them. Share with them how disappointed you are, but how much you love them and how much you wish they would make better decisions. And that you have to understand too, they're young. They're going to make mistakes. I get that. But I want you to learn from your mistake. And I don't want you to do this again because it hurts me. It worries me. It scares me. And I want you to be safe. I want you to be smart. And this is unacceptable. So please, you are punished this week, but please don't do this again. 
Don't do it for me, right? Give them a hug. Give them a kiss. It might be tough because they might not want to kiss you. They might not want to hug you back, but just give them a hug. Give them a kiss. Lead with love and then walk out. Plant the seeds of love in their mind because what that might do is it might create guilt in your child. And you might say, oh, I don't want to create guilt in my child. Yeah, you do. You want them to feel guilty for doing something that they knew was wrong. They knew it was wrong. That's why they snuck out when you were in bed. Make them feel guilty about that. Make them feel some sort of pain so that next time when they think about doing that, they're going to feel guilty and they don't want to hurt you. That's a good thing. I know there might be some therapists out there who say, Ryan, that's a bad way of doing it. Listen, that's your way of doing it. This is how I would approach it. When I think about Peck's approach of leading with love to help you with spiritual growth, that is what this is all about. It's all about figuring out how to come from a place of love, no matter how difficult the situation may be, no matter how bad somebody treated you. Spiritual growth. I've been working on this consistently and it's very difficult, but I'm telling you right now, when I go through that process with people that I work with, family members, right? It just, it makes me feel better. It makes them feel better. And in the end, we're all better because of it. That is spiritual growth. Leading with love takes you to a whole new level. And this is the part where I said, I'm worried about it getting hippy-dippy, but it's true. When you're able to control your anger, when you're able to control your emotions and do what I said, you know, focus on the things you're grateful for um, from the perspective of the person you're talking to. And then you go and talk to them and you lead with love, hug, kiss, shake a hand. Man, like people look at you with a different eye. You bring a certain level of maturity, a certain level of positive energy to the table and it melts away all the aggression, all the anger. And I'm telling you, in some cases, it might not work. I've done this with some coworkers, with some colleagues, with some consultants, and it didn't work. But that's okay. Then I chose to take them out of my life. But this whole idea of leading with love is so important. And how I lead with love, that's my approach. That's not what Peck says. Peck doesn't give us any specific ways of, of leading with love or trying to increase our spiritual growth with love. They just talk about how important love is. Well, I don't want to talk about just love in general on a surface. I want to go deeper. I want to get more practical, get more tactical. And that's my approach. So just so you know, that's not in the book. That's my way. Peck just talks about the importance of love and, and, and why love is important and why it's a strong energy and what have you. And, and I don't think we need to focus on that. That's too high level. We want to go deeper, more in the weeds. Give me something that I can take away with. So take that away. Try that with your family. Try it with your friends. Try it with some of your colleagues. And let me know how it works. Lead with love. I'm going to tell you it's going to take you up a notch when it comes to your spiritual side. I love this one. I hope you did too. And I hope you didn't think it was too out there. Golden nugget number three. Oh, this is going to be an interesting one. <laughs> the power of religion and its ability to change your life. Now, before you completely dog on me because you're not a religious person, hear me out here. When you think of religion, what comes to your mind? What do you think of? For many of you, it might be a strict set of rules and rituals, you know, ding, 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 ringing bells, cloaks, big books, right? Temples, churches, whatever. That's what you think of when it comes to religion, right? Well, Peck argues that that definition of religion is way too narrow. And that religion should be seen more as a belief system that is determined by the culture you grew up in and the experiences that you've had in life, the lessons that you've learned. So if you look at religion this way, everybody has a religion. It might have nothing to do with God or gods. So think of religion as just a different word. 
worldview. A worldview informed by your upbringing, your culture, experiences. All of those things make up your worldview, your religion. And that has a great power in your life. I'm going to use myself as an example. I grew up in a Catholic family. Very religious. But as I grew up, I started to appreciate different philosophies, different lessons, different approaches to life that weren't necessarily taught in, you know, my catechism classes when I grew up. My philosophies now. It's not a setback, it's a setup. Life doesn't happen to me, it happens for me. Lead with love. Right? Discipline determines destiny. 3D. Create your eight. All of these things have now become a part of my religion. They've become my worldview. This is how I see the world. This is how it impacts my approach to living life. This is understanding the road less traveled. Taking a deep look at your life and understanding what philosophies, what beliefs, what values you have, what goals you have, what approaches to working with people do you have. It really requires you to be self-aware of the beliefs you think, right? The thoughts you think on a regular basis, the habits you have. That makes up your worldview. And I know that at first you might say, well, Ryan, that's something completely different from religion. My religion is me going to church or me going to temple or, or, or me doing X, Y, and Z and you know taking communion or whatever it is that you believe in. I don't know, right? But that's your view of religion. And again, I have to remind you that Peck says it's a very narrow definition of religion. And he argues that it's dangerous to hold that view of religion. He actually shares a story of one of his patients called Stuart. And Stuart was somebody who was severely depressed. And he considered himself an atheist. But once Peck helped him to explore his own worldview, Stuart began to identify his own religion and how it was affecting his mental health. So when he looked at his family and how his family's culture and belief in religion affected him, he realized that his belief system that he had painted the world as an evil, nasty place that was controlled by evil forces eager to punish him if he stepped out of line. And this came from him being brought up by God-fearing, physically abusive parents. So long story short, Stuart starts to explore his worldviews. He starts to see different ideas, beliefs, philosophies, metaphors as new ways to look at the world. Look at the way he lives life. And as a result, he was able to combat his depression. And this is something that I believe that we need to do more of today. We need to stop believing that, you know, this is the way that we see life and this is just the way it is. No, take in new stimulus every day. Take in new lessons, new books, new beliefs, new philosophies, everything. You're doing it right now as you listen to this podcast. As you tune into this show, you're taking in my philosophies. You're learning something new. You're learning to lead with love. You're learning new approaches to, uh, to talk to your kids, to talk to people who anger you. You're taking in my philosophies. These things make up your worldview, which Peck argues is your religion. And that's going to make you a much happier person and a much more spiritual person. It's all about spiritual growth. And this is one way that Peck says you can do it. And he argues that we need to think of ourselves as scientists moving forward. Scientists constantly question. They explore the world around them. And he wants us to do the same. He wants to constantly explore new stimulus, read new books, listen to new songs, go to new cities, travel a little bit, take in new stimulus that 
helps build your mind up, that teaches you something new about yourself. And he just argues that we shouldn't hold ourselves to a very narrow worldview when we have the opportunity to take in all that life has to offer and form our own perspective. That, that's beautiful. And I absolutely love that kind of stimulus that Peck is bringing to us. And I just want to preface here. I don't want you to think that I'm saying that religion is bad. I'm not saying religion is bad. If you take certain lessons and beliefs, what have you, from religion, that's great. Continue to do that. But also keep an open mind to other philosophies, other beliefs. Be that scientist. Constantly explore and form your own perspective. You are your own person. You are an individual. What do you believe? Always keep an open mind. Always be curious and explore to constantly evolve your own worldview. And last but not least, golden nugget number four, recognizing and understanding the power of grace in your life. So this is a tough one for me to explain again, because if you don't have experiences like this in your life, or if you don't recognize experiences like this in your life, you might not believe it. But maybe just me sharing this with you will plant a seed in your mind and have you go back in the history of your life and realize how often you were blessed with grace. And then maybe once you realize that, maybe you will learn to expect more grace in your life in times of need. So first off, what is grace exactly? Peck says that grace is actually a rather common phenomena and that it's a force that protects people's physical and mental health, even in the most trying conditions. Peck also believes that grace is an external force that protects people and their mental health, thereby enabling them to survive the most adverse conditions they experience in their life. So, with that in mind now, have you ever gone through a really difficult time? Maybe your spouse left you. Maybe the death of a family member. Maybe you experienced some heavy debt. Maybe you lost a job. Whatever it is. Maybe you broke up with your girlfriend, your boyfriend. Maybe you had an addiction. And then somebody, something just came into your life and gave you a little bit of a breath of relief. Maybe you received a lump sum of money. It doesn't have to be a lot of money, but you get just got a little bit of money to help you pay the bill or buy some groceries. Maybe somebody came into your life that picked you up when you were down, when you needed it. Maybe you found the right show at a point in time. Listen, I know so many of you out there listening to me right now have told me that I came around in your life at just the right time when you needed this. This show was grace in your life. That person that came into your life was grace. That check or that bit of cash that came into your pocket, that was grace. And Peck says that it's more than just coincidence. And that if you look back on life, why is it that these these beautiful nuggets come to you at this point in time when you need it the most. It's grace. And Peck says that perhaps grace is more than just an amazing resilience and rather it's a force beyond our own understanding that nurtures our growth as human beings and that we can see grace as an evolutionary force from a God who wants us to ensure we don't keep things as they are and instead continues to fuel our urge to grow and to survive. And Peck also says that we might think this idea is naive, but according to him, 
There's no other theoretical alternative that can better explain our survival instinct. So again, I find that very interesting. And I'll use my own personal example. I experienced grace quite a bit in my life where at certain points in my life, I was very down. Things didn't work out the way I wanted to. And I just kept taking loss after loss after loss, hit after hit after hit. And, you know, my philosophies kept me going in those times, those, those very difficult times. But all of a sudden, something happened in my life. I received grace, essentially, came into my life to help bring me up, to help get me back to center, to help plant a new seed in my mind, to help fuel my enthusiasm, to give me hope. Maybe it was friends, maybe it was family. Maybe it was something that just came out of nowhere. That's exactly what happened. And I don't want to go into any specific details at this point in time because I don't want to go over time. And it's something I'll talk about when I get into Create Your Eight. I think it's just a better forum for that, for the vlog. But I found grace many times in my life. And I know it's going to be coming to me at many other times in my life when I need it, when I'm beat down. And I don't know about you, but can you point back to points in your life where you realized things were really dark, but something came into your life to kind of illuminate it a little bit, give you a little bit of light at a very dark point in your life? I can almost guarantee you did. If you did, that's grace at work. And Peck believes that grace is something very real and not something made up or fluffy. That the more that we think of grace, the more we, we look for it, the more it comes into our life. And that, I agree with that. Completely agree with that. And I know that that might come off sounding hippy-dippy for some of you people out there who are very practical and maybe don't believe this stuff, but I'm telling you, I've lived it. I've had it in my own life. I've seen it. I've experienced it. And you probably have too. You just have to look for it first. But I love this point about grace as a phenomenon in our lives that, that in our, in our lives that just come about. And, and it, it's tough for me to explain. It's tough for Peck to explain, but it's a seed that he planted that I'm going to now be looking for that I'm going to plant with you that I hope you look for and that you expect when you're in difficult times. Grace. It's a cool thing to think about. And I hope that I planted a seed with you and you experience a lot more grace in your life when you're going through some tough times. All right, my friends, that's a wrap. That is Scott Peck's The Road Less Traveled. It's a great book. Living a life of spiritual growth, it requires you to have a loving nature and being open to new perspectives, including the very mysterious and helpful force of grace. Taking The Road Less Traveled, I know it's not easy. It's difficult. It takes effort. It takes will. And it takes a strong sense of self-discipline to take that road. But fortunately, there are tools and there are perspectives and changes that you can add to your life to bring balance and put yourself on the path to spiritual growth. And I walked you through all those things today, right? Golden nugget number one, looking at discipline, the three different types of discipline or the three different types of ways we can build discipline. Number two, leading with love, the importance of leading with love. And I, the stories that I shared with you there, how I approach it. The third one, religion and changing your view of religion to broaden it a little bit more and look at it more as a worldview. And last but not least, understanding grace and the power of grace. All these things I feel are important for you to help build your resilience, help you create your eight. I believe there are things that I shared today that can help you create your eight in times of need. 
If you're at a three, how do you pick yourself up back to a four, to a five, to a six, to a seven, to an eight? What do you use? What do you do? What philosophies do you believe? What approaches do you take? What stories do you tell yourself? Everybody's different. There might have been something in this episode that helps you create your eight. There might not have been. And if not, that's cool. Wait for next week. There might be something next week. But every week, I want to give you fuel, give you stimulus to help you create your eight. So that if you wake up in the morning at a five and all of a sudden you take in a different thought or you take an action that drops you down to a four or to a three, if you're feeling at a two right now or at a one, what do you have in your arsenal to bring you up? There has to be something in all these episodes, 155, 156 episodes that I've done. There has to be at least one or two things. I know there's more more than one or two things. I'm just saying there has to be something that's going to bring you up. And maybe there was something in this episode that did that. But in any case, if you like this episode, if you love what I put down here, then please go online, rate, interview the show, especially if you're listening on uh, an Apple device, then please go to the podcast app, go to shows, go to the Cut the Crap show, scroll up a little bit, and preferably give me five stars. I'd really appreciate that. Also, don't forget to connect with me online, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to my channel on YouTube. Again, it's just Ryan Caligari. Search me up. You'll be able to find it. And that way you can follow the Create Your 8 vlog that I'm going to be launching on Monday. And I'm just so excited to finally launch that and start spreading the word about Create Your 8. I know how impactful this is. I know how it's going to change people's lives. I know how it's already started to change people's lives. I've saved a few lives already. And I'm not taking that and saying it very... I know that comes off sounding cocky, but it's not. I have the stories. I have the experiences already from it because I've been running this with a few of my consultants already. And I see the change it's making. And I can't wait to just double down on it, triple down on it. So I'm really, really excited about that. And of course, last but not least, if you want to continue to support the causes that I support, right now I'm giving a lot of time, money, resources to no-kill animal shelters, people who are doing great things for animals because animals absolutely help us create our eight as well. And these people are looking for funding to help keep pay their bills, keep the lights on, keep the water running, help pay for surgeries, pay for food for these animals. And these animals just need a second chance at life. They need to find owners who love them. And I am all for supporting those causes. So if you want to support them as well and help myself create um, you know, more change in this world, you can go to the cutthecrapshow.com. At the very top, there's a red button. Click that red button and you can donate $5 a month to helping these causes and as part of the create your eight vlog i'm going to be going into some of these shelters and making sure that i also share with you some of the good stories that you have been helping with and so many of you have donated already and that just means so much to me that you've done that so thank you so much in advance all right my friends that is a wrap for this week so again thank you so much for your attention thank you for your time and i hope that this episode planted some seeds for you to help you create your eight but until next week i will be back here with a brand new book brand new golden nuggets You know what I'm doing here every single week. Just trying to save you a little bit of time, bring you some information that can spark change in your life. I'm here just helping you build mental toughness and resilience. Have yourselves an amazing, productive, inspired week, everybody. I love you all. You don't try to build a wall. You don't set out to build a wall. You don't start there. You say, I'm going to lay this brick as perfectly as a brick can be laid. There will not be one brick on the face of the earth that's going to be laid better than this brick that I'm going to lay in this next 10 minutes. 
You do that every single day, soon you have a and wall. soon you have a wall. It's difficult to take the first step when you look how big the, exactly. the task is. The task is never huge to me. It's always yeah, me one brick. Me too. What happens is we make the situation more complex. You know, the normal among, among us make it more complex. 99% of people are not willing to do what it takes to make their dreams come true. Self-discipline is the center of all material success. Failure is a massive part of being able to be successful. You have to get comfortable with failure. You have, you have to actually seek failure. Failure is where all of the lessons are. You know, when you go to the gym and you work out, you're actually seeking failure. You want to take your muscles to the point where you get to failure because that's where the, the adaptation is. That's where growth is. The Marines have a saying, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. And that's just real. At the center of bringing any dream into fruition is self-discipline. You know, so, something as simple as food and eating, it, it's not about your, your body as much as it is about your mind. It's getting command of your mind to be able to choose actions that are in your own best interest. Every day, we are choosing shit that's not in our own best interest, right? So if the world is attacking you and the world wants to fight you and the world's trying to hold you down, so you're going to kick yourself in the balls? So you're going to stop yourself from getting what you dream. Greatness is not this wonderful, esoteric, elusive, godlike feature that only the special among us are, will ever taste you know it's something that truly exists in all of us there's a certain delusional quality that all successful people have to have you have to believe that something different than what has happened for the last 50 million yeah, years right. of history. You have to believe that something different can happen. I truly, honestly, as I sit here before you right now, as honestly as I can say it to you, I truly believe that I could be the president if I wanted to. This is what I believe, and I'm willing to die for it. Here, and if you believe, thou shalt not lie. You either believe it or you don't. Being realistic is the most commonly traveled road to mediocrity. You cannot win the war against the world if you can't win the war against your own mind.